All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. We're talking Sons of Fantasy Football League tonight. This is the highly anticipated draft recap podcast. Uh, joining me, your host, Matt Kozlowski, are the usual suspects, uh, Eddie Mitchum from the Steel Curtain. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going well, man. How are you? Jacked up. We're, we're getting there. We're almost there. Yep, we are about, I guess, what, a week and two days from uh, the first game of the season. Yes, sir. Also joining us, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home. It's good to be here, Matt. Uh, it's good to have you guys here, too. Um, we had a lot of fun Friday night at the draft. Got the auction done in a swift three hours. I guess it was actually two hours and 50 minutes if you account for the 10-minute wait we had for the last owner to show up. Um but, you know, everybody made it, and we got the draft done in a hurry so Spears could get to work. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go through team by team and just recap the draft of each team and let you guys know who we like, who we don't like, who did a good job, and uh, what we thought about Butler. So, um, <laughs> uh, all right, we'll start off first uh, sitting next to me, Seawolves, um, Phil Bruce, Spent a lot of his time uh, pretty quiet in the draft. So, Eddie, uh, let you talk about a couple guys on this team that stand out, either good or bad. Yeah, I think his roster kind of shows that he was quiet during the draft. I'm just sifting through his roster, and there's not really a standout player where you can say, okay, that's where his points are going to come from. Um, he, he, he followed the mantra of going cheap at run, uh, quarterback. <clears throat> Now he loses Romo, so he's going to have to slot in Tannehill or go to the waiver wire early, um, which who knows what you're going to get with Tannehill. Um, the, the running backs are kind of bland. I, I like Hill this year. I don't know if I like him $34 worth. Um, C.J. Anderson, a lot of hype coming out of him, about him lately. I personally don't like him. And his receiving crew is just very bland in my opinion. Um, Cobb, Brown, Coleman. <laughs> Ellington, Richard Matthews. I mean, there's really no star in his receiving crew. I think that's really going to hamper him. Well, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think Phil had a bad draft. <laughs> uh, uh, I really do. Um, I mean, I'll get to mine as well because I think I had a bad one as well, but I think Phil had a pretty poor, pretty poor draft um, by his standards. But the thing about him is I always look at his team and I always think it's pretty bad. It always ends up being okay, I feel like. Um, I'm not sure that's going to be the case this year. He, he's going to really need to hit on on Jeremy Hill. I feel like um, he was he was his big guy that he went after, paid the most money for. Um, those two running backs, you had them last year. Felt like going into the season, you probably were pretty high high on yourselves. You have them this year. Maybe maybe this is the year they turn it around. Um, the receiving core is kind of like a Phil Bruce team, um, kind of guys that are off a lot of teams' radars. I think. Um, with Cobb and Brown, just kind of fringe guys, and, and he's going to have to hope that, he, that some of them turn into uh, wide receiver ones to make his team go. Yeah, so first thing that stands out to me is Phil left a lot of money on the table. Um, about $13 left on the table here. Definitely could have turned um, one of those wide receivers or even one of those running backs into a better wide receiver. Um, the thing also that stands out like a sore thumb to me here is Five starting running backs on his team. Uh, C.J. Anderson, 
Jeremy Hill, Ryan Matthews, Chris Ivory, and Justin Forsett. Ivory and Forsett are probably two of the guys that are definitely locked into more of a uh, split backfield, but either way, I think Forsett's the leader in the clubhouse for Baltimore, and I think Ivory is the clear guy to get goal line work in Jacksonville. So um, having five running backs in a 12-team league is definitely nice. He needs Coleman or Ellington to be good. Um, and even Rashard Matthews is a little bit of a sleeper, but I like Cobb this year a lot. And, you know, John Brown has this, like, really weird, like, cult following of fantasy analysts. Um, for some reason, I feel like you're either a Floyd guy, a Fitzgerald guy, or a Brown guy. And a lot of people tend to lean Brown. Um, and I'm not really sure where I stand on any of the three of them. I think if you had gun to my head, I'd probably be a Fitz guy. I think I'd be a Floyd guy second and then Brown third, but um, a lot of people do like John Brown, so maybe that pays off for him. He's going to need Jordan Reed to be everything that he thinks he is. Uh, but my, my main question to you guys, and I posed this to Shane before we got on, he obviously has to replace Romo. Do you guys think he goes um, Prescott on the waiver wire? Dak Prescott? Or do you guys think he looks to add Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, in my opinion, is probably the best quarterback on the wire that's not on the team right now. Yeah, I think if it was me, I'd probably go Fitzpatrick. Um, but he might wait a week or two and see what see what Tannehill is doing. There's been some good news out of, out of Miami with Tannehill. I, I really think he's a guy that should kind of hit his stride this year, so maybe he just waits and sees. There's no reason that you really need two quarterbacks until you hit the bye weeks anyway, so... <laughs> Um, really, I'm fine with doing either of those. Yeah, I, I said to you before, I think he goes Fitzpatrick just because it's a safer play right now, um, steadier play. <clears throat> you kind of know what you're going to get from Fitzpatrick. He he loved Fitzpatrick at the end of the year last year. He was on his team. So I think he goes back to that well. Um, and just to, just to get him through the first couple, couple weeks, maybe see where he's at with Tannehill, I think he's going to add another one. And I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick. I think I would probably go Prescott here if I was him just because looking at this roster, he's got a lot of steady players. But like you said, Ed, there's no guaranteed points like a big, big play guy. And I think Prescott is a real unknown. And I feel like he has the talent, at least, and the surrounding talent around him to maybe be a guy that breaks out here. I mean, obviously, rookie quarterback, no one's really excited about. Um, what what they're going to do in a full season in their first year in the league. But, um, you know, there's a little bit of running talent there with Prescott and not shy of weapons with Elliott and Des Bryant. So I think in Phil's case, although I agree Fitzpatrick's safer, I think he needs to swing for the fences here and maybe take a look at Dak. So that's just uh, my personal opinion. But overall, um, I don't think Phil did as well as he'd like to do in the draft, but I'm okay with this team. Um, he's got a lot of moving pieces, and you know all of these teams are going to look different five weeks from now. Um, so the fact that he's able to, he's got a lot of flexibility and some depth at the running back position, I think he's going to be okay long term. Um, all right, next team we'll talk about is the guy that was sitting next to you, Ed. He had the first throw of the night and went with Aaron Foster as the throw. He ends up on Papakaz's team, but uh, Fegley. Let's talk about what Fegley did because this was um, 
I feel like this was a pretty impressive draft. Yeah, I thought Fegley assembled a nice team here. Uh, sitting beside him, I, he was very active. He was in on a, a lot of bids, even if it wasn't guys he was trying to get. Seemed like he had a clear-cut strategy. I know we talked about him having five to seven guys he wanted. Um, I, for, I forget who it was, but after he locked them up, he, he said, I'm happy. I, got, I think he said he got five of his guys. Um, so he did achieve that. He had a clear-cut strategy, and you could tell. I think you could tell what guys had strategies and what guys didn't at the draft. Um, he paid up for Andrew Luck at $18, which was a lot for what we saw quarterbacks go for. Um, I'm okay with it if that's, if that's your strategy. And it didn't really hurt him in any way. Still stacking, still stacking Peterson, Forte, and DeMarco Murray. I really like that running back crew. Um, not as high on Forte as some, but he did a nice job of getting Bilal Powell behind him. So he doesn't really have to worry about that injury concern because Powell's going to step right into that role when he loses Forte. Um, the one thing he did lack on a little bit, I think, is the receiving crew. Um, I'm high on Moncrief. I really like Moncrief. I told him when he got him that he took someone I really wanted there. Um, I just didn't want to spend over $22 for him at that point in the draft. Um, I'm not a fan of Baldwin, not a fan of Tate. And he's got that wild card Josh Gordon that could give him something down the stretch um, if he, he really bursts onto the scene for a $1 keeper. So I think fact he's got a, a really nice team with, with some upside out there as well. Uh, some good handcuffs in Powell and Coleman. Um, I like this squad. Yeah, we, we talked about it before the draft, how I at least I did that we thought Spears was going to be the pace setter. And I think it turned into Fegley. I think Fegley kind of set the pace for the draft. Um, he was in on just about every bit, it felt like. Um, he kind of knew what guys he wanted, and when he wanted them, he, he got them. Um, and the, the, the sick part is I think he could have done even better. Yeah. Um, he drafted two tight ends, two quarterbacks. I mean, he had some... Areas where he could even, I think, went after more players. I'm not, not really sure that we need two tight ends in this format. But with that being said, he, he drafted enough good players around that that his team is still pretty solid. Um, just just looking at it, I, I feel like it's got to be a top three top three team coming out, coming out of the draft. Yeah, I definitely agree that he's a top three team. Um, I think we'll get to that maybe a little later. But the depth of the running back and receiver positions here is just outstanding on his part and I'm looking at some guys that he got and I'm just kicking myself like how does Fitzgerald get to 11 and you know Doug Baldwin at 20 I know you don't like him Ed but I'd rather have Baldwin at 21 than I got Hearns at 23 um you know Moncrief is another guy I was targeting but um you know he just really capitalized in the important times of the draft and as much as I don't like Forte this year, and as much as I don't think Baldwin can do what he did last year, um, I really like this squad. I think Paul Pallet $6 was a really big steal, too. Um, so I thought Fedley did a really nice job as well. I think he's a clear top three team in the league uh, after draft day. I think after Shane talked with drafting the two tight ends, I think that's probably the one, one position I overlooked. Jimmy Graham and Safarian Jenkins, I mean, there's some question marks there. I just wonder, is that going to be a position that maybe costs him? I think he's deep enough to make up for another point. So I, don't, I don't think it's going to cost him games, but, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there for me. Well, I will say that if there's one spot that you want to be weak, I, I think tight end would be the spot that you're, you're okay with 
not having a, sh- a big number top guy there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a hit or miss position most of the time if you don't get one of the top few. Um, certainly a position where you could probably buy at the deadline. Yeah. Um, to, to improve your squad. And you could certainly hit on Jimmy Graham, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you could hit, hit on both those guys. I, I think Jimmy Graham, hey, maybe there's <clears throat> something left in the tank. He looked awful last year. I get it. He got hurt. But there obviously is some talent there. Um, maybe he, he, he's not going to be nearly as bad, I feel like, as he was last year. But even if he is, there's, there's no hurt there in drafting him for $3. No. And, you know, Winston loves throwing to his tight end. And Jenkins is one of those physical specimen type players that can go up and win balls. So, you know, tight end, he swung for the fences with those two picks, I feel like. And with the depth on his team, he could afford to do that. So, if here's the thing. If Josh Gordon is what we all think he's going to be, this is a really, really good team. If Gordon gets a 16-game suspension next week, this is a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, but this is going to be a tough team to beat if Josh Gordon steps up and um, is the top 10 receiver that we all think he could be. Definitely. All right, here it is. Next team, the Hammer. Eddie, I will let you take the floor. Well, like I said, <laughs> it was clear it, it, to see guys that came into the draft with a strategy and guys that didn't. I guess you could say Butler came in with some sort of strategy, which was just to spend money uh, like it had no value in the draft. 79 for Antonio Brown in the position he was in, I don't think he could afford. And even if he did, I think he still could have came out with A.J. Green at 45 and Antonio Brown at 79 and still built a decent team. But the 15 for Russell killed him. I think he really needed to save there and try and get a couple nice guys behind it. He still has Devontae Freeman. He's got a core of three nice players, but he didn't put anything around it. I don't even know how he's going to fill out a solid roster and, and be comfortable with it um, with the Russell Wilson spend. he could If he stacks a $1 quarterback there, that gives him some room to play. I think if he doesn't go 20 on Melvin Gordon, there were some better values he could have had and really built a team. But looking at this squad, it's going to be – Boom or bust. The weeks that A.J. Green and Antonio Brown put it together and Freeman finds the end zone, he could put up enough with those three guys to be in games. The weeks that those three guys don't or one of them's off on a bye week, he's going to be pretty easy to beat, I think. Yeah, and, you know, it's not just – you said he had a core of three, a core of four with Wilson because he's as good a bet to be a top-five quarterback as anyone in the league. But, like I've said to I think a couple of you guys – if you're going 79 on Antonio Brown with the dollars that Butler had to spend, that means that you're going dollar quarterback and you're going dollar tight end. So for me, you know, the 15 to Russell Wilson, whatever, he gets a, a stud quarterback in a league where they're all kind of tiered together. But the $7 on Jason Witten to me was just atrocious. Um, absolutely no reason to do that. And he got in a bidding war for him too. It was back and forth. He thought he was going to get him for about three, and then he kept going four, five, six, up to seven. Um, you know, when you are on as tight of a budget as he is, you can't waste $6 on a player like Jason Witten. So that, to me, was also a big uh, big hurt for him. Yeah, I'm confused why Butler was in on the Antonio Brown bidding. I think that was the thing for me. And the reason is because he kept A.J. Green for $45. Um 
if you're going to be in on the Brown bidding, I feel like you can't keep another receiver for that kind of price. I mean, sure, you have those two players, but, I mean, just looking at the roster, you can see you didn't really have much room to, to get anything else. Yeah. Um, if you were at just – I'm not really – I'm trying to think about who he could have kept. I, he had Danny Woodhead pretty cheap, I feel like. Um, I'm not really sure who his other options were as far as keeping. It would have been uh, Dalton at a dollar probably would have been his other option as a yeah. keeper. Or Gronk at 62, but See, that would have been the same yeah, thing. same thing. I feel like if you're going to keep an expensive player like that, I feel like, it, and you only had $132 to spend, for me, that would have took me out of the Antonio Brown bidding. I was at 150 and I was out of, out of the bidding for him. Um, I get it. I, I, I guess his plan is to trade Brown. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts on that, too. Um, you know, he said he's going to try and flip Brown for two players because he felt like with the money he had, he couldn't get two players for what the cost of Brown was, but... My thing is, no one's going to pay that value right now that you're going to find for Brown that he's going to be comfortable with. Um, it's not going to be until later in the year when some guys have some depth and maybe you know find a couple waiver wire sleepers and then they have four or five receivers or four or five running backs and they can move two pieces for Brown. Um, and by then it may be too late for Butler. So. Yeah, it certainly looks like there's going to be there's going to be a couple of weeks where Butler's real competitive where he gets those big weeks and he puts up. The 115, 120, maybe even bigger. But I feel like there's going to be a few weeks where he might be putting up 60, 70 points. Um, and those are weeks where you're just not going to win. Yeah, the reason why I'm out on the Russell Wilson $15 is just because even if he's a top five quarterback, I don't feel like the difference between number you know three quarterback and number nine quarterback, we've talked about this so many times, is that much of a difference. Whereas the difference between a number three running back and the number nine running back is a lot bigger. So that's why I don't understand spending up for the quarterback. Yeah, he got a good one, but I don't think the point differential is going to be enough where it warrants that in the situation he was in. He, he needs Melvin Gordon to be a stud is kind of what I'm seeing when I look at this team. Because, I mean, he's going to have to start a player like Chris Johnson or I don't know. Shane Vereen most weeks in his flex too and that's just not going to get it done the other guy Sammy Coates he needs him to be better than he's looked this preseason so uh, there's a lot of holes on this team but for sure I think he's okay with that right now so alright next team Perky Owen Power uh, he was sitting over by you Ed didn't really hear a lot from uh, Gallon but you know I talked to him a little bit and he's He's not too down on his team. Um, you know, he thinks that there's a lot of talent there, and this is a team that he can win some games with. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah, I think I don't think he had as bad of a draft as I felt like he did when I left there. Looking at his team now, I mean, he was quiet. It seemed like the pricing, like I said. When we did the pre-draft podcast, I said I thought he would just overanalyze things and wasn't going to want to pay what it took to get guys. And I think we saw that he was kind of shaking his head and he was—he looked confused as I was looking at him. Um, as he was looking up at the screen, the draft picks were going up and the prices, and he was just—he seemed out of his element. Um, I think he had a very strict line on what he wanted to pay for guys, um, and kind of wasn't willing to go over that. 
until maybe it got a little too late. I still think he found some decent value in there when he was finally willing to pay the prices. Um, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, decent running back tandem there. Um, the thing I don't like about his team is Stack and Marshall and Decker together. I feel like it's going to be tough. That, that Jets offense isn't repeating what they did last year. I, I, I don't see it happening. And for those two guys to be getting you big points every week that you're going to need out of your receiver tandem, I just don't think it's going to click uh, having both of them. I think he knows that as well. That's why he's searching to get rid of one of them. And he was kind of kicking himself for doing that right away. Um, Tyler Lockett at 11 is a decent pick. He's got a chance to make some plays this year. Um, Crabtree at 12, I think he's a solid guy you can put in there. I think, you know, he was – he did everything as, as good as he could last year, and I think he could still have a decent year. Um, he's not as old, Crabtree, as he feels. He's 28. feels like he's like 38. feels like he's been in the league forever, but he's still got some life in him. Um, other than that, I think everything else is pretty just ho-hum. He's got already got Deion Lewis and Ladarius Green on the roster. Both of them aren't going to see action for the first six weeks, so that's two guys just taking up roster spots. Um, Cousins and Palmer... The total of $6, I think, is a good quarterback tandem. He can pick and choose every every week. He had that last year as well, so I think I think he tried to repeat a lot of his strategies from last year. Yeah, I I usually respect what Jeremy does as far as drafts. He, he usually has a good idea of what he wants to do. Um, the one thing that did confuse me was, was the Decker stack on top of Marshall. Um, not really sure why he was in the bidding there for that tandem. I... I don't know why you would want the two receivers from the same team. Um, clearly, I th- feel like he's trying to trade them, trade at least one of them. I think Decker's the guy he's trying to get rid of right now. Um, I'm just not really sure why you would even draft him at that point. Um, it's kind of a wasted roster spot, it seemed like. And then, of course, uh, not really going to like any team that has Torrey Smith on it, so uh, you got to cut him right away <laughs> yeah. if I'm going to if I'm gonna like that team. I know you guys actually, I think Kaz actually told me he liked Torrey Smith this year. Was it one of you guys? Yeah, I'm okay with Torrey Smith this year just because the X receiver and Chip Kelly's offense usually puts up decent numbers. Um, just not sure that Torrey Smith has the skill set that the X receiver has had. And, you know, he's not as, he's a one-trick pony in my opinion compared to like, um, you know, Jordan Matthews or Jeremy Macklin like we've seen in the past in Chip's offense. So Yeah. Well, I, I am sure. I'm sure that he doesn't have the skill set to do it. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying there's a lot of guys that are saying they're they're okay with Torrey Smith this year because and their reason is someone has to catch the ball. This guy's had one target in the whole preseason. I know you don't want to hang your hat on a there you go hanging your hat for the first time of the season on on a lot of the preseason stuff, but one target. I mean that that is a red flag to me. Yeah, that quarterback situation is also in flux too. So. Um. It's just not a good situation to get some of the receiving pieces in in the 49ers offense right now. My thoughts on Jeremy's team, uh, pretty typical Jeremy squad. A lot of money spread out. You know, Carlos Hyde needs to be good for him. I thought Lockett at $11 was a great, great buy. Um, Of course you did. I know. Uh, No one's (laughs) higher on Tyler Lockett than me. Um, You know, Deion Lewis, if he gets a couple games from him, at the production, you should get it three bucks. That was a good buy. Crabtree was a good pick. Uh, Duke Johnson and Geo, one of those two should probably hit. He's solid at the quarterback position with Cousins and Palmer. 
Um, this is a team that's going to be probably you know ninety to one hundred and five points every week. Um, we won't get a ton of big weeks from them, but you're not going to get a lot of bad weeks with this squad either. So, just a typical Jeremy draft, in my opinion. All right, next team, let's go over to the Bull Weevils. He sat next to me at the table with the projector. Um, his team's not bad, but I think we're all going to agree that he missed a lot of big opportunities here to really you know, put this league in a bad situation. Um, I think he's probably a top half team in the league just with the guys on the team, but he really missed an opportunity to be the best team in the league after draft night. So interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, I'm just going to be blunt. I, I think he blew it. I really do. I mean, keeping Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson for 15-9 and nine and having the extra draft cash, you really thought he was going to go after it. And, I mean, with those two kept, he's got a, he's got a nice start to a receiving core. Um, he had, added Sterling Shepard late. The only reason he was able to do that is because he blew it. He shouldn't have been able to pay $20 for Sterling Shepard late in the draft when I was bidding him up because I still had the cash saving for some of those sleeper guys. Um, I think, you know, he adds T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, Robinson, and Allen. That's that's a good receiving core. Uh, McCoy, I like McCoy this year. But after that, um, he, Langford for 24, he can have him. Um, don't like him at all. And there's just really no depth. I think when we get to the bye weeks and there's a guy off, he's going to struggle to fill bye weeks. Um, he's just not very deep. Derrick Henry at 10 bucks is a guy, you know, that has has the potential to score you some points, but I just don't like the, the number two back in a split. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what his workload is like before you can really slot him in there. Um, 10 bucks for Roethlisberger is fine. I'm okay with that. How different is this? How different do you feel about this team? Because I think he had the money to make it work. If you take Hilton and Shepard off and put Antonio Brown on it, I mean it's a totally different feel in my opinion. And that's a scary team if you can do that. But um, you know it fell the way it fell, and it didn't fall that way. So, well, it kind of went exactly the way that we pegged it to go. It was the first time being in the auction draft. Bull had all the money. And he still kind of got pushed around a little bit. Um, I talked with him a little bit, and it's kind of the the old kind of the rule now in, in an auction draft. You never really want to be the guy that has the most money left, unless it's right at the start. Um, you really don't want to be sitting there a couple rounds in, or three or four rounds in, and you're the guy that has most of the money, because um, at that point most of the good players are off the board, and then you find yourself paying five to ten extra dollars for guys just because they're now the best available. Um, and that's kind of what happened to Bull, I feel like. Um, he, he got there, we were in the middle of the draft, and he had a lot more money than everyone else. Um, he was still sitting there with, like I think he said, like $87 or something, 83 at one point, and everyone else was kind of down like the 50, 60 range, even lower. Yeah. Um, at that point, you're like, wow, i got to go out and get someone and use this money. Uh, and even then, he still left, uh, what, $20, $21 left? On the table? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, you know, you said it best there. Uh, me and you found ourselves in that position in this draft, too, with more money than we needed at one point. Um, 
but yeah, this could be this could be a really damaging team. You know, with one or two pieces off this team and a big player like Brown or Dez or even Adrian Peterson um, in the mix instead of the guys that he got. So, with that, with all that being said, if Derrick Henry hits, I feel like this is a really good team. Yeah, Henry. <laughs> he needs one. He needs one player. Shepard or even Sproles. I think Sproles is being greatly overlooked. Um, you know, they're moving him around, doing a lot of different things with him. My only fear for Sproles is. He's getting the Dexter McCluster role in the old Chiefs offense, I think, and that hasn't really turned out to be much of anything. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Bowles going to have to stay diligent, and he's going to need a couple of these guys to hit. But um, still, not a bad team. He's definitely going to be a team that you you're not going to be chalking it up as a W when you play him each week. Let's go to Spears' team next. Um, I don't have them in the top three, but I think that this is a team that's knocking on the door. Uh, I thought Spears did a pretty decent job. Um, you know, with his money, he had a lot to spend as well, too. So I'm interested to see if you guys feel the same. Yeah, I thought I thought Spears was a guy that came in with the extra money and managed it well. He was aggressive. He seemed like he had a plan of what he wanted to do this year, and I think it shows in his roster. Um Top to bottom, I think he's got a pretty good team for a starting lineup. Um, the depth, not so much, but you could tell that that wasn't really in the forefront of his strategy. He spread his money out nicely amongst the guys he did get. Um, Rodgers, you can't go wrong if you're going to pay up for the running or for the quarterback. I think Rodgers is my favorite one to pay up for probably uh, in this draft. Ezekiel Elliott at forty nine dollars. I think. I think if. He gets thrown later. That price is higher. I think we saw guys that came out early get a little bit better of a value on because it was kind of a slow start, kind of like we said it would be. Um, not a fan of Jonathan Stewart this year, but, I mean, if you have him, you're fine with him. Uh, the receiving core of keeping Nelson and Cooper is solid. Um, adding Jordan Matthews, I'm not I'm not real high on him. But he's on Michael Floyd, too, so... What's that? He's got Michael Floyd, too, so you can kind of slot him in that spot as well. Yeah, that's where I was going. Michael Floyd and, and uh, Jordan Matthews, I think, can be flip-flopped around. And I, I kind of like Gore as a safe bet. Not a high ceiling. You're not going to get a lot of boom out of him, but I think you're going to get a nice, solid performance from him each and every week. So, I mean, theoretically, as your third running back, slotting him into one of the flexes, I think, I think that's a good guy to have there. So I think he fills out a nice... A nice starting lineup. Um, not a lot of depth behind him, but I don't think he really needs it. Yeah, I really like the starting lineup for, for Spears' team. Um, it's going to come down to finding a flex guy every week, a right flex guy to put in there. And, I mean, depth-wise, not not a huge D-Jax fan. I mean, it's kind of you're either in or you're out on that guy, I feel like. And I'm out on him most of the time. Um, Spears was in. <laughs> he was. He said he liked him. So, I mean, hey. He thought it was laughable that he got him at nine dollars. Well, it was a great it was a great value at that time in the draft. I think you know. To, to be honest, I, I think his best value was Ted Ginn. I, I think that was good value. One dollar for Ted Ginn. I mean, he had a really nice season last year. Proved that he's a pretty capable fantasy player and made a lot of big plays in that Panthers offense. Yeah, Spears did a nice job. I agree. Um, it's just going to be the same story as last year because I think he was. He was competing last year until Le'Veon Bell went down, and then 
he just completely forgot that we could add players from the waiver wire and free agency. Um, I think he felt like his team was stuck with what it was. Hopefully he remembers that this year, that you can add players to your team throughout the year. You're not stuck with the guys you drafted. But uh, <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, you know, He needs Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers this year. Jonathan Stewart, I know, Eddie, you said you're not a big fan of that, but <clears throat> at that point in the draft, he was <clears throat> easily the best running back available. So you have the $26 price, $26 price tag is a little inflated, but at that point in the draft, he had to go out and pay for someone. And, you know, Stewart, he's another guy like Crabtree. You feel like he's 35, 36 years old, but he's he's only 28 or 29, I think. Um, so I'm okay with Spears' team, but... He's going to also need to, you know, he's really thin at the running back position, so he's going to need to really pay attention to the wire and add some guys at good spots for him. Next two teams that we're going to talk about are probably the top two teams on paper in the league. We'll start out with Abuseman Park, who was, uh, Brandon was kind enough to host the draft. I know Eddie was complaining for a little bit, but I feel like the, I feel like it wasn't that bad of a setup. Um. No, I thought it was. I thought it worked out pretty well. So Eddie, I'm sorry you weren't comfortable in your seat, but um, you know Brandon. Brandon did a nice job getting everything set up for us. How do you feel about his team? I'm okay with it. I think I think we all left there looking at his team and saying saying it's the best team on paper. But as I've gone back and looked at it, I don't think I'm as high on it as I was that night. I don't I don't love Demarius Thomas. I know he's still going to get his looks. Um, Trevor Simeon, who, who knows what you're going to get with him. I just think that's a little bit of a, a question mark still. And for him, uh, to me, if it was $40 on Demarius Thomas or 49 on Des Bryant, I think I'd rather have Bryant or some of the other guys that were up there. Just I think they're more solidified. I think there's a question mark there with him. Uh, keeping Beckham is a good bet, and, and David Johnson. He adds Drew Brees, who I think has the potential to be a top-three quarterback this year, I think he's going to have some good numbers. To me, the question mark for him, he waited a long time. I kept looking at his roster as, as the draft was going, just wondering when he was going to add that second running back. And he got Jennings for 17 and Matt Jones for 19. If Jennings returns to what he was at the end of the year last year, Jennings for 17 is a really good buy. If Jennings is the same guy he was for the first 10, 12 weeks last year, uh, he's, he's going to struggle to, to be his RB2. Uh, Matt Jones at 19, again, he's, he's a guy with a lot of boom potential, but there's a lot of bust potential with him as well, especially the fumbling issues and the shoulder injury. Who knows what's going to happen when he comes back to that job. Um, and again, uh, I mean, he, he gets James White. He can slot James White in there as taking that PPR role in New England this year for Deion Lewis. Um, to me, I think the highlight of this team as a guy that he can slot into the flex regularly, Devin Funches at $5. I think that was a, a real nice sleeper. I think getting Benjamin back and, and him having his second year in the offense here, I think I think Funches is really going to start to go this year. Um, so I, I really like that pick. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is the deepest team in the league. Um, I kind of like his bench. I mean, between Funches, Benjamin, Steve Smith Sr. even, um, Wheaton with potential to, to have, have a decent year. Um, who knows what we're going to get from Doyle, Green, Beckham. Um, we're all think he can be pretty good, but who knows. Uh, I think it's a pretty deep team. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're the best team yet, because I think I'm going to go with the next team that we talk about as the best team. But 
I, I certainly think they're in the top three. Yeah, it's a good team. Um, I, I think he's probably better off putting James White in his flex than Matt Jones. Not a big Matt Jones fan here, but you know, like you said, Ed Rashad Jennings, that's that's a clutch. Uh, seventeen bucks there. Hopefully, he turns out to be what Brandon hopes he is and what should be a pretty good offense. Drew Brees at nine dollars, one of the top values in the draft. I think that was. I think when that bid went through, we all kind of looked like, man, we all probably should have gone 10 there. Um, so getting Drew Brees at 9 was nice. Um, I kind of agree with you, Eddie, in the sense that the longer I look at this team, the less I like it, but I still think it is a good team. Um, so, you know, I think I think Brandon's going to be okay just because his top end, you know, Brees, Johnson... Beckham, DT, Gronk, that, that's a really strong five. Um, he just needs to fill in a couple spots behind it. And like Shane said, he has a ton of ton of options to uh, to add into those guys. So I think Brandon will be okay. Definitely will be, I think, a better year in Abusement Park than it was last year. All right, let's get to uh, Papa Kaz, St. Louis Patriots. Um Another guy left some money on the table, and he's not really happy about the fact that he did that, but still think he came away okay. Um, interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, he came away okay. I don't think it's a team that I love. I, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, I know it was his target, but I have certainly have some question marks about Alshon Jeffrey this year. Uh, just starting with health concerns down to I just think the Bears offense is going to be a bad offense this year. Um, keeping Newton at six is a good bet. Um, Foster at twelve dollars. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get out of Foster, and that seems to me um, that that's his RB two outside of D'Angelo Williams for the first three weeks. So that's kind of a concern for me. I think I think after the first three weeks when D'Angelo goes back to his uh, second running back role in Pittsburgh, I think that he could fall off this team a little bit. Um, he chose to take two tight ends, um, but he got two good ones in Kelsey and Walker. So I think that he might end up being one of the only teams that plays two tight ends because I think he's going to need to, especially after week three. Um, but again, the same concern I have with a lot of the teams is just the depth. Buck Allen and Charkandrick West are strictly handcuffs. Uh, Willie Sneed at a dollar is a really good pickup. Uh, I overlooked that as I was talking. I think that's a that's a really good pick. Um, but now Stephon Diggs at one dollar. Who knows with with Teddy Two Gloves ripping up his knee today if if Diggs is really going to have much of a value. Um, so I think he came out okay, but for the sake of that, I feel like I I feel like I'm not going to sit here and do this whole podcast and say everyone did a good job. And everyone has a good team. I feel like you know, someone's going to lose games. And I think this is a roster that after week three could take a dip. Well, I think they're the best team in the league right now, is what I'm going to say. Um, obviously, I, I think Cam is obviously great. Um, his three-headed monster at running back to start. I mean, if, you, if Foster can play well, it's going to be really, really good. Especially the first three weeks. Obviously, D'Angelo, probably going back to that backup role, is going to hurt him. But the thing about Papakaz's team is you know it's going to be fluid. Um, don't expect a lot of these guys to, to make it through on a week-to-week basis. Um, there's going to be some, 
some incoming guys and some outgoing guys just about every week on his team. So I'm not really worried about him filling out the depth part, but just the fact I think I'm high, I guess it's because I'm high on Alshon Jeffrey. Me and Papa Cause probably the two guys that love him the most in the league. Um, I think he's really good. Um, I think he's a wide receiver one when healthy, and I'm not really I think he's kind of quarterback proof too. So it doesn't really scare me. Um, Julio Jones obviously, obviously a special player. I, I just really like his team. I really like what he did. Yeah, it's a good team. Um... The Foster buy at 12, I'm not an Aaron Foster fan this year, but if he's not the first throw of the night and he's the first throw around two, the 13th throw, he probably goes for 25-plus. So getting him at 12 bucks, I think, um, I think was a good buy at that point just because once some of those running backs started coming off the board, I could see him going for what a Jonathan Stewart went for. Um Love the two tight ends. Really wanted. I really wanted Kelsey. Eddie, you really wanted Delaney Walker. He gets both of them from us. Um, you know, don't sleep on Isaiah Crowell at five dollars. I'm not a big Crowell fan, but um, I think people for some reason are still kind of excited about what he can do. <clears throat> I love Stafford as the handcuff to Newton um, at the quarterback position for him. I think Stafford's in line for a big year. And if he holds on to D'Angelo Williams, you know, he's another bell injury away from having an absolute monster. So I think, uh, that, like you said, Shane, he's already trying to trade guys. Uh, this team is going to look very different. And, you know, Papakaz is going to put the work in to keep his team in playoff contention throughout the year. Uh, all right, Fleetwood franchise. The one comment I have right out the gate for them is that there wasn't a more emphatic bidder than Ty Storms. He was trying to intimidate. He was loud with his bids, and he was very stern when he wanted to throw some money. Felky kept staring at me when yeah. he was making the yeah. bid too. Yeah. Like yeah. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ty was trying to push some people around a little bit, and um, interested to hear what you guys have to say about their team because I thought I think it looks pretty similar to their team from last year. <laughs> yeah, I think. It's got a okay core at the receiver position. With Macklin, Hopkins, and Cooks, I think that's three guys that'll do all right. I'm down on Hopkins this year, as is well noted. Um, I said after the off-season meeting when they left that they were going to hate Ingram this year and keeping him. And I stand by that. I'm down on Ingram this year. Um, I think that leaves them with a big concern at the running back position with Ingram, Woodhead as their two, Yeldon, who knows what his role is going to be and how many touches he's getting. Theoretic, strictly a pass catcher. Chris Thompson, strictly a pass catcher. So there's definitely some, some holes there at the running back position. Um, they spent $30 combined on Devontae Parker and Kevin White, two dudes that just have not looked like we thought and hoped they were going to look like as fantasy fans. Um I don't, I, there's some rumblings that they don't like Parker, the new coaching staff. I'm not sure if it's true. Kevin White looks like a rookie, seems lost. I don't know what he's going to do. I just think that, that was two big price tags when there was a lot of, I think, a lot of better, a lot better sleepers out there. A lot of, a lot of guys with high ceilings that could, could give you what we thought Kevin White and Devontae Parker might give us two months ago. But I think we see now that they're not going to do that. Um, Tyrod Taylor at six bucks. I think they did a nice job of getting Phil Rivers behind him because I'm not sure Tyrod Taylor is going to be your week in, week out guy. I know you feel differently, Cause, but 
stand by that, and I'm sure Shane's going to come with me on that. Yeah, um, the franchise seemed to like a lot of players that I don't. <laughs> I, I just it was the way it was the way last year, and it was it's kind of the way they they draft. I mean, they kind of like to go after. I feel like players that I don't know. They can put up a big week, but they could also put I'm up outside. yeah put up a, a really terrible week. I feel like that's the kind of guys they they go after. Um, and and I'm not one to judge strategy. It's just kind of the the players they look for, and I feel like that's kind of what they got here. Um, like a guy like Danny Woodhead. I mean, he's gonna win you couple of weeks the weeks where he has the seven eight catches gets in the end zone a couple of times that's a big big upside there but i feel like he puts up too many p- weeks where he's under five points for me to to slot into my rb2 slot at, at 20 bucks um that being said i mean i i feel like this is going to be a 500 team uh, maybe maybe even a little below um i don't know that's just my opinion they're, they're strong at receiver like ed said um i'm down on taylor like I said early in the year, I'm with you there, Ed. But I kind of do like Phil Rivers. I think Phil Rivers ends up being their starter um, as the season goes on. Well, Tyrod's going to be a stud. Um, so I think that was it. that was a nice pick. I like Tyrod Taylor as a fantasy quarterback this year. Um, Cooks, I'm really excited about Cooks. That's the one guy I really wish I could have gotten. Um, and we'll talk about my team next, but... This team has potential, um, but it also has potential to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, so I'm not I'm not really sure which side of the fence I stand on yet. They have they got guys that I was targeting. I really wanted Tyrod Taylor, really wanted Brandon Cooks. Would have loved to have T.J. Yeldon, um, but like you said, Shane, they also have guys that I didn't want any parts of. I didn't want any parts of Woodhead. Didn't want any parts of Devontae Parker or Kevin White. Julius Thomas, not really excited about him. Macklin's the guy I'm not sure where I stand on Macklin, and I think that he's a big piece to this team. Um, You know, the Chiefs wide receiver is just a taboo position in fantasy football, but Macklin showed last year that, you know, maybe he has the talent to uh, break, break that mold. So if Macklin's good, I think that this team... I think he's the key for this team. Yeah, like I think they could be okay. It's just a couple of decisions that like made me scratch my head. I mean, you have Julius Thomas as your tight end. I'm not really sure that you need to waste a pick on, on a Clive Walford. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to talk to him, but like, I mean, you're, if you're going to go get two tight ends, I feel like they have to be two of the better tight ends. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't want to waste a pick on, on two of them when I feel like Walford's a guy you could probably have picked up any time that you wanted. Um, same with like Chris Thompson. I feel like he's a guy that that you could have could be a waiver wire guy that you can kind of pick up week to week and maybe play a matchup with if you if you're desperate. Um, so there was just a couple missed opportunities. I felt like um, they have some good players, but I just I just feel like they missed out on a couple picks that could have made them even better. Yeah, they left a little money on the table too. Um, only three bucks, but if you count that three bucks into the fifteen dollar. Kevin White bid, um, they could have used that money elsewhere and really gotten a monster to really solidify this team, in my opinion. So maybe some missed opportunities, but, um, you know, I thought they did it. You know, me and Eddie disagree. I thought they did a good job getting Ingram and Hopkins because other than Edelman, they didn't really have a keeper caliber player on their team. So at least they got two keeper caliber players in the offseason, whether or not they live up to 
what um, Ty and Mick hope they can live up to is another story. But you know, at least those two guys give them, I think, a fighting chance to have a top end talent at each position. So, all right, let's move over to our three teams. I think all three of us left this draft slightly disappointed. Um, Eddie maybe likes his team the best out of the three of us. I actually don't mind my team, but I definitely missed a couple opportunities. And I'll just be blunt about it. I wanted to get Sammy Watkins and Brandon Cooks. And I didn't have the stones to throw them out there early because I wanted to get some money off the table. And I feel like I could have gotten both of them if I had thrown them a little earlier. They ended up being probably the last two really top wide receivers thrown. And then at that point, the prices were so high, I could only get one of them. So I end up with Watkins. Um, he's really my wide receiver one to end two. Um, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think, have to say about my team. I'm okay with what you did. I mean, coming in with a, you had I think the biggest challenge of the draft. You had the least money, uh, I think, and you wrapped up a lot of money in Gurley and Martin. <clears throat> not, not a lot of money, but a decent amount with coming in down to full twenty-five. Um, not huge on Martin this year, but I think, you know, technically on this team, he's looking like probably your RB3, maybe him and Lacey battling out. I like Lacey a lot. Um, we talked about going into the draft if you needing to lock down a stud receiver. Um, I think you got a decent one with Watkins. you got to pray he stays healthy. But I think instead of going with that stud receiver, you kind of got yourself Watkins and Lacey, which I like. I like getting two guys with this format and how many roster spots we got to fill. I like the strategy of filling out two guys uh, with that, that caliber. Uh, Hearns at 23, not sure what you're going to get with him. Who knows if he's going to have a big year. But with that being said, I think you're a Will Fuller away from being really good. I think if Will Fuller breaks out and has has a big year, he's got two touchdowns in the last two games in the preseason. He's looked pretty good. He doesn't look much like a rookie. Um, I think you're, you got a pretty good squad if he does that. Uh, Fleener, I'm not as high on him as you, but uh, like you've said, tight ends in that offense, if he fits into that role and, and, and does what tight ends do in that offense, he's going to be a, a big hit for you. Um, and I know that's what you're hoping for. Sanu, opposite Julio, that's your thing. You love the guy opposite Julio, so you, you stick with your mantra. Um, I think maybe one of the best things you did that will kind of go unnoticed at least you're hoping it goes unnoticed, is that you handcuffed Lacey. Um, you spent up on Lacey and gave yourself that good third running back option and, and getting James Starks behind to make sure that you always kind of have that good, solid third running back option. And Devontae Booker, uh, who, who knows if he gets if he gets a shot at two bucks, I think it's worth the chance late in the draft. Yeah, um... I feel like me and you had pretty similar drafts um just like i thought we would we, we were kind of we were kind of silent for most of the night we I feel like we were both going after eddie lacy um i think we were the two in late guys late on that bid um I, that's kind of my one regret is not getting him because i feel like i needed him more than you did um we'll see but i feel like you're one player away you're, you're kind of one player away from from being a, a really tough team um, anytime you can throw out those three running backs, I mean, as long as, even if Lacey's not back to the player he was, if if he gives you 
any kind of decent production in a flex spot, it's going to be nice when you have Gurley and Martin um, filling out your RB1 and RB2. So you're really just one filling that flex two away. I mean, who's going to be that guy that steps up and, and can give you a solid 8 to 10 points every week? Um, if you can find one of those guys, if, if it's Will Fuller, if it's uh, Philip Dorsett, someone, uh, maybe it's Alfred Morris eventually. Um, one kind of one player away, and, and you'll be just fine. Yeah, I, you know, Eddie, you talked about me handcuffing James Starks with Eddie Lacy. Phil kind of gave me some crap for that. He said, why did you handcuff your third running back um, rather than Gurley? I don't know if there is a handcuff in L.A., um, and I feel like Lacey is the riskiest. Actually, I would have loved to have Charles Sims as a handcuff instead of James Starks, but unfortunately I couldn't hang with you in that bidding. Um, but my favorite thing I did in the draft was get Alfred Morris for two bucks. Uh, I think he's a top three handcuff in the league just because of the situation he's in, um, the uncertainty around a rookie running back that's already dealt with some hamstring issues. Um, Alfred Morris is, I think, a fourth-year player in the league <laughs> behind the best offensive line in football. So Alfred Morris could really be a game-changer for me if I'm fortunate enough for something to happen in Dallas. Um, but, yeah, I love getting Sanu, Dorsett, and Fuller. I feel like between the three of them, I'm going to be able to fill my flex two spot. really need Hearns to just be you – know, I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year, but I need him to be close. And there hasn't been anybody that's been bashing the Jaguars passing game more than me this year. So that's interesting that I did that. Um, but yeah, I really need Fleener and Lacey to hit. And that's the way I look at this team. So I'm okay with it. I think Jameis is in for a huge season. Maybe it was because we were watching him in action in that <laughs> preseason game. But as soon as I didn't get Taylor, um, who was it? I guess it was Tyrod Taylor. As soon as I didn't get him... Um, yeah, Jameis was next on my list. I really wanted someone that can punch it in with their legs from the quarterback position. And I think I think Jameis is the closest thing we have to Cam Newton right now in the league as far as that side of his game. He's not going to get you the 50 yards on the ground that Cam's going to get, but he, he, he is a tough runner inside the 10, and I feel like he can tuck it and find his way in the end zone. So that's kind of what I'm hoping Jameis can bring to my team. Um, yeah, I, I think Winston actually might be the guy that takes the biggest jump um, at the quarterback position as far as potential of, of jumping into that, I don't want to say top tier. I, I don't think he jumps that far, but jumping into that maybe six, seven range somewhere in there. I think I think he might be the guy. I'm just, I, I, feel like he's a, I feel like he's a good player. He's, he's, a, he's a solid player. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he does here in year two. All right, let's move on to Shane's team. Um, you are lacking some running backs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is this is a typical Shane Stein fantasy football team. Um, this is kind of what we do. Um, we're going to be really bad for the first few weeks of the season. Uh, there's no doubt about it. We, As the draft went on, I knew that was going to be the case. Um, it's going to take some, some maneuvering, some work, and, and a little bit of luck to uh to make things work and that's kind of the way I, I like to do it so with that being said if if that if, if i can get a little bit of luck maybe catch a break here or there and, and i find one running back that i like i think that my team is going to be pretty good middle of the year late late in the year 
Um, obviously, I went I, I went into the draft wanting Le'Veon Bell on my team. I got him. I got him for what I thought was a decent price comparative to what the other running backs were going for. Um, I think when he's healthy, he's the best running back in the league, fantasy-wise, anyway. So, couldn't go wrong there. For me, it's just going to be a matter of filling out that, that RB2 spot and, and and some flex spots. Um, when I missed out on Lacey, that's kind of kind of where the draft changed for me. Um, looking back on it, that's the one regret. I, I wish I would have got him, no matter what the price would have taken, just so I had that running back. Um, after I didn't, uh, I started. I knew at the end I was going to have to target some really high-risk reward guys that, that are young. I'm hoping that maybe one or two of them hits, and maybe I have some trade pieces available to, to maybe get myself a running back if I need to. Shane, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I feel like this is probably the worst team in the league. I don't, I don't know that you don't agree with that. Um, I think we can chalk up four losses right out the gate. Three while Bell suspended, one while he's on by because you just don't have anyone to put there unless you really find something before then or move some pieces. As I look at it, I think Mike Evans is really the only guy on your roster that I really love. Um, $22 keeper. I didn't think you were going to keep him. I had him on my short list of guys I wanted before keepers were announced. Um, I guess I did too much talking on the podcast and talked you into him because it seemed like you weren't on him. Um, I'm down on Adam, and I, like, I know you love him. I just don't know what we're going to get from him without Brady. He seems to me like one of those guys that thrives – from having Brady and thrives in having a good quarterback. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is the same thing. I'm down on Thomas because of Simeon, but I think Thomas still has some value because he's a big body guy that can still go get the ball when Simeon puts it near him. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's the case with Sanders. I think Sanders is going to fall off hard this year. We've never seen Sanders play without a good quarterback um, in Pittsburgh. And yeah, we can say Peyton Manning wasn't good last year, but there's no doubt that Peyton Manning still knew the game and still could manipulate and read defenses and still get what he wanted out of Sanders underneath. And I don't think that's going to be the case with Simeon. Um, if you had the privilege of watching the timeline with Peyton Manning, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Just listen to him talk to Wes Welker going into that monster season that he had. Um, so those are two guys that I'm down on for sure. Um, and like you said, I, I don't know where you're getting running backs from. I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> Shane doesn't either, but he's going to find them. That's, I think you're going to be just fine. Um, like you said, you got to get lucky one week out of the first four. Um, and I think you'll be okay. Tom Brady's going to be an absolute monster when he comes back. That's what we're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said to Phil during the draft, I, Phil talked to me leading up to the draft. He's like, how much are you going to go for Brady? He was talking about it. I told him I would go maybe nine um, with the thought process that I was going to take whatever it took to get him. Um, I told him during the draft, anytime you can get Tom Brady coming off of something where some, he feels like someone smited him, I feel like you do it because he's going to come out on a mission and want to prove something. And I feel like when he comes back, he's going to be top two, top three quarterback. Yeah. So that's why I did that. Um with, with the mindset that I know, I know I'm not going to be good for the first couple of weeks. I know that. I'm going to have to get lucky, and hopefully I can get a win out of the first three, four weeks. And then I think when my team finally starts to, to all come back, when Bell's back, Brady's back, um, and I hopefully can fill, I just need to fill one running back spot, I think I'll be fielding a pretty competitive team. Um, I'm certainly playing for the end of the season, 
more than the beginning, obviously. Yeah, let's hope you give me that dub in week one because I could use it after my week one output last year. <laughs> Last but not least, Steel Curtain. Um, Ed, why don't you give us a quick synopsis of how you felt like your draft went? Um, a lot of confusion during the draft, I think. The prices were way higher for some guys than I thought. <clears throat> I think you needed to go out early and get and get the guys you wanted, and I think I accomplished that with a $49 Des Bryant. There were the next couple receivers that came off the board – I just kept saying, and remember that I got Des for 49, like T.Y. Hilton for 42. I'd pay seven more dollars for Des Bryant every day. Now, the next day we find out that Romo broke a bone in his back. Um, that doesn't really change Des a whole lot for me because I think he is a guy that's quarterback proof. And I think that Dak Prescott is just going to sling it when he needs to. And I think he's just going to put it near Des, and he's a guy that's going to go get it. So I'm still okay with Des. Uh, Keeping Landry, I think that gives me a solid two guys at the receiver position. And the one thing I, th- I think I did a really good job of, and I'm, I'm really proud about, I, I think circling back to what Shane said, a lot of guys wasting those extra picks on, on a second tight end and, and things like that allowed me to sit around late and snag a lot of depth. Uh, Shane said someone else earlier was the deepest team in the league, and I think that I'm the deepest team in the league, and I think that's what I expected, and I think that's what we said going into the into the pre-draft show that I would be the deepest. Um, Thomas Rawls and Latavius Murray, yeah, there's some questions there, but I think we're going to see is Latavius Murray a good running back? Absolutely not, but he's going to get the touches, and he's behind an improved offensive line. So I think Latavius Murray is is going to put up the kind of year that Raiders fans probably don't want to see from him because it's going to make them keep him around. Um, Abdullah as a third back with, at $12, I think, is is a decent decent pickup. Um, I stole your handcuff in Sims, and Sims is really a guy that I think you're going to be able to slot into that flex two any week, whether Martin's healthy or not, and still get good value out of him. Um, and then the depth I stacked on late I thought was really good, uh, having the money late. With, with Vincent Jackson, if he stays healthy, if Winston's going to take that next step, it has to be with a healthy Vincent Jackson. He's going to get a big share of those targets. Tyler Boyd should be the number two in Cincinnati. Um, Kamar Aiken I thought was a good value. And Michael Thomas, kind of a boomer bust type guy. Um, but, yeah, I think if, Mar- if I get what I'm expecting out of Marvin Jones, I think i got a really good team. Yeah, I like Eli at five. I think Latavius Murray was a good pick. I, I'm not thrilled with Murray, but he is a clear guy that's going to get volume, so that's a nice add there. I like Amir Abdullah this year. Dez is still talented. Marvin Jones, you overpaid, but he was a guy you wanted to go get. Um, and I like Jones better than Tate this year, so I thought the price was reasonable. Um, Sims, one of the top handcuffs in the game because he, like Woodhead and Sproles, you know, gets work even when the first guy's in there. So I think Sims could do some good things if Martin were to go down. And I think one of those four receivers you have on your bench is going to hit. And if one of them hits, you're going to be a tough team. Yeah, the Kamar Aiken pick for me was was really good value. I feel like he's primed for a really nice season. He was one of the guys I was targeting in the draft. Uh, I didn't realize how many targets he had last year. He, He was, like, up in the top. I feel like top 25 in the league in targets last year. I, mean, I know a lot of that had to do with Baltimore was pretty bad. Um, they were chucking the ball around a little bit, but 
he was certainly a guy that that was looked at a lot, and uh, I think that could be a really sneaky pick for you. Um, looking at it, I mean, I, I said Abusement Park was a deeper team. I, I, I'd have to agree with you. Both of you are, are really deep teams. Um, I, I like I like both of your benches. Um, it's kind of a toss-up for me. But, yeah, you, you have a really well-rounded group. I, I don't know. I don't see a whole lot of top-end. I, I don't know that you're going to have the big scoring outputs, but I feel like there's going to be a really consistent <clears throat> effort every week. So, I would have liked to see you do a little better than Gates at tight end. I think you'd probably agree with me, but I don't know. I think he's at the, I think he's around the ten range, and which that's what I was seeking out. Um, I threw Walker early to see if I could get him. Gates was always my target. Um, I, Phil Rivers has made it known that he wants to get him records this year. I just think he's going to get fed a lot. Who knows if he stays healthy? That's a different uh, animal in itself. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to be right around the ten range, which is. All I wanted. Um, I got to a point in the draft where I looked up at the draft board and saw that I had like the second most money, and I was I, I felt concerned for about a second. I had to remind myself that I spent eight dollars on my starting quarterback and my starting tight end. Um, so I think that's why I still had that money and allowed me to get some of the guys I wanted late. So, and I was I was only I think only two teams drafted one quarterback. I was one of them. Um, I think Eli Manning will be good enough to be my starter every week, and I'll just plug and play during his bye. Yeah, sure was the other team, I think, that only went with one quarterback. Um, how much of the $14 for Vincent Jackson had to do with the fact that he looked amazing during that preseason game? Actually, <laughs> I have been, I had him written down on my notepad as one of my late-round targets before the game. I think... The only reason I spent that on him was because there were some people that had extra money left. I don't think he's a $14 player. I think it just came down to the fact that there was guys that underspent and ended up turning into the battle. It's the same reason why Sterling Shepard was 20 I mean, because when I was going after my late-round targets like Jackson, Aiken, Thomas, Boyd, Shepard, those kind of guys that, that I, you just hope to hit on one of them, um, Bull was right there with me, and I knew I wasn't going to get one of them. Yeah, $20 for Shepard was just a, a product of Bull having way too much money at that point in the draft, like you said. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up, you know, talking about every team in the league. Anything else from draft night you guys want to talk about quick here before we sign off? I, I feel like uh, our pre-draft predictions were, were pretty close. We're pretty close to, uh, to what actually happened. I mean... We talked about how Papa Kaz was going to kind of be an enforcer, um, try to push people around. I feel like he tried to. I, I feel like he just didn't have as much money as he would have liked to to be able to pull off some of some of that on everyone. I mean, yeah. I felt like he wanted to bid up some guys. He just couldn't get to, I feel like, the prices that he wanted to, to do. Um, I feel like last year he, he maybe would have been able to go three, four, five more dollars on, on some players to bid up, and he, he couldn't do it. But he certainly tried. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I felt like Jeremy was certainly very, very calculated in what he was doing. Um, Ed was very uh, thorough. <laughs> Butler was very ignorant. Butler was very ignorant and loose. Um, uh, Fegley was very determined. <laughs> yeah. He was very aggressive uh, on what he wanted to do. Spears was kind of a shot out of a cannon, just kind of all over. Yeah. Doing what he wanted to do. The the one thing that I think was apparent. 
in this draft, especially after, was that the $25 of draft cash that we said is the cap is plenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that getting 25 more, I don't know if anyone... If you got more than that, I still don't know if you could spend it all. I don't know. I mean, you could, but I don't know. And if I, I don't think we should allow a team to ever give more than 25 because... I had a really hard time trying to make $175 work. Yeah, you could definitely see that the advantages of having the extra 25 and the disadvantages of not having it. Yeah. Um, it was a big deal, I felt like. I was actually thinking during the draft, I'm like, wow, I feel like it might be too much. Yeah. It honestly feels like it might be. you got to make it enough that it that it hurts a team. Yep. Um, but it doesn't cripple them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, maybe, maybe it was the right amount. It certainly felt like... You could feel the difference. Yeah, um, I felt it in the draft. <laughs> uh, you certainly could. I mean, but that's the price you pay for going after one year and trying that's to win. A, it's the price you pay for one of these, baby. <laughs> uh, that is, that's true. It's the price you pay for for trying to put together a win the season before, and you start the next one in a hole. Ed, what do you think of the twenty five dollars enough or not too much? Um, it seemed right. I think so. I, I think it helped that. Some of the $25 teams weren't as aggressive as they should have been with it in bowl. I think if he comes out firing more, maybe we're having a different conversation. Um, I mean, you can speak on it the most because you were one of the only ones that was down the full 25. Um, but, yeah, I think if I think if he puts more pressure on us, maybe we do, do feel that it's too much. But ending the draft, what he, end, he ended with $27 in the tank, right? Yep. 20, 20... 21. 21. So he ended up with $21 left in the tank, so he didn't even use it. The the full 25, he didn't even use it. I think if he does and comes firing, maybe maybe we do think about it. I, I don't know. I mean, you would you would have the best idea of it, I think. And, Eddie, real quick, because we're at the hour 10 mark, your, your takeaway, I think, was the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I tried to throw some thoughts at you your, your way. I of how we can make these quarterback values better because I think that that's what's inflating the prices of other guys. Um, but I, I don't really know that we're going to reach anything because, like you said, we, we're, we're preaching weight, we're preaching weight. So I think the, the prices are always going to be dipped down no matter what we do. Um, I, think the only, so, yeah. I think the only thing that we could consider as a league because I think Superflex and two quarterbacks are out just because we're in a 12-team league I think going to six-point passing touchdowns might give us a shot. So it's something that I think we're going to definitely review. Yeah, it, it was very apparent during the draft that these 12 guys do not value the quarterback position very much. Um, $20 was the most spent yeah. on a quarterback I mean, we year. start We start 10 players in this league. Obviously, we don't value kicker and defense. Um, so that's two of the 10. Out of the eight, you know, eight one of them one of those eight is your quarterback. So I mean when you're filling as many roster spots as we are and you're playing with that extra flex, it's either gotta be we eliminate the second flex or we go to six point passing touchdown if we really want to try to skew um the passing the, the passing game. So Yeah, it's it's something we, we certainly will look into this year. Yeah. Um something we'll have to we'll have to take a look at real close because it was very apparent, um <laughs> Quarterback position was certainly not valued this year. Yeah, I, I think all the quarterbacks could have came up about five bucks each, and I think that would have been a little better. Um, not sure if it would necessarily take away from the the starting the 
you know, the starting skill positions or if it would eat into people's benches or not. But, um, yeah. So I mean, there's something to give. The number of receivers that went from over 35 to $45 it was just, I mean, insane. So I think, I don't know, I think there's got to be, it's got to level off somewhere. All right, real quick, just fill the last couple seconds. I'm counting my uh, bold prediction to see how much bench players went for. Hey, give me a couple guys that were the top value picks of the draft. Just on a quick price glance. wise. Just on a quick glance, yeah. Top value of the draft. Top values of the draft. I think Funchess at five dollars comparative to where some of the other guys were going. The fact that I'm taking guys like Tyler Boyd at seven. I think Funchess at five dollars is a really good snag. Um. Values were tough to find in this draft because I, th- I feel like everyone was paid so much for. Yeah, Funches is definitely a guy I thought was good value. I thought Aaron Rodgers at twenty was really good value. Um, I mean, we write off quarterbacks because yeah, they were all good value. They were all they were all good value, but I feel like getting Rodgers at twenty comparative to I don't know what you're gonna get the ten dollar quarterback range. Big Ben at ten. I just feel like Rodgers is really good value at twenty bucks. The 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 bench total was three eighty nine. Now I'm sure if I move some things around, like I have Deion Lewis, Darius Green, not as bench players, I think I could probably get as closer to that number. So what was the number to hit? Two fifty. I'm going to count it as a win. I think I, I think <laughs> I hit my first goal prediction of the year. <laughs> so I think if I move some things around, um, I might I may come back to you guys with that number next week. You are but hired as my accountant, I'm sir. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to count that as a dub. Um, Ed, <laughs> if you're okay with it, I'm going to put LeGarrette Blunt in at the starting RB1. I'm going to move Rawls to the bench because he was $3 cheaper. Just going to do some stuff like that, and we'll see how close we can get to that number. But, yeah, I think I nailed that one, um, definitely. So <laughs> we'll have some bold predictions next week as we preview week one. Um, signing off, Fegley, I hope you enjoyed this since you're the one hounding us. But yeah, signing off for the Red Triangle Sports Sons of Fantasy Football League football crew. Uh, Thanks to Eddie Mitchum and uh, and Shane Stein. I'm Matt Kozlowski, and we'll talk to you guys next week.